I love that picture of uh, your P40 in front of uh, John's yes. RV7 there. That's that yeah. a fabulous shot. I like how you have the uh, the uh, landing gear holders too. The wheel, yeah. Well, you, you know, I I, I wasn't going to do that, but uh, the plane is so heavy, and those are foam wheels that the first set of wheels actually developed a flat spot. Oh no! So uh, huh. if you leave it out on the wheels too long, I, I, it, it's not even really to keep it from rolling. It's just to keep the wheels from getting messed up. Wow. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to podcast number four of the Flight Test Community Cast. Today, we have a guy that I am really excited to talk to, and that is Carl Leidick, uh, otherwise known as, and I don't want to forget to do this this time because we, we apparently have a bad habit of not announcing forum username. So Carl is Wilm Racer on the forum. Thank you. Welcome, Carl. Hey. Thank you. Well, up, thanks buddy? for having me. I'm excited. Hey, Carl. Welcome to the Flight Test Community Cast. Yeah. Well, I love what you guys have been doing with this, so I'm, I'm super excited to be on here. This is this is great. So. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. We're having fun. Well, uh, oh, yeah. as you guys can probably tell, we're actually, sadly, we're down a host tonight. We're down. Yeah, we're down, yeah we got no mic. We're down the president. <laughs> huh. Yeah, right. We're, we're down the guy that started the whole thing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, what is he? Is he, he? He's winging his way to Boston right now he or something. Is. He was oh, yeah. delayed out of Chicago. And sadly, his uh, his flight was it, well. He, the plane that he was going on to was delayed because of the fog in Chicago this morning. So mm, uh, oh. we're slightly upset. Thank you, Chicago, for producing terrible fog mm -hmm. this time of year. Yeah, Ben, get your stuff together over there. For real, not cool. Um, so he he is unfortunately not with us, but he is flying the great blue skies. So uh, he he's going to Beantown. <laughs> yep. So Pack the car. Yeah, yep, exactly. So all good though. How's everybody tonight? Doing great. Doing doing great. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, good. Yeah. I'm good. I I'm you know, I had to take my nap and have my coffee, but I'm good now. <laughs> you and me both. Hey, hey, <laughs> you and me both. Hey, you didn't get forgotten at work today. So just just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> did did you hear that one, Carl? No, I did not. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Oh, yeah. Joel, you gotta no, explain it. No, this is great. No, my, my wife, <laughs> my, my wife Joel, and I. Joel could have been stuck at work forever yeah, tonight. Yeah, it's true. Oh. So uh, yeah, my wife and I couple. So that that that's uh, where I'm going. With that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but no, it was re it was really good. Um, it, it's been a great busy couple of weeks, and I think we got some. You skipped right over the story. Yeah, she doesn't want me talking yeah, about yeah. it too is, much. I'm gonna is get... it is that embarrassing? Can you tell us? I'm gonna get smacked if i do but those okay. those who are in the know are in the know <laughs> okay okay so all is, all is good no she she it's funny because even though she doesn't listen to the podcast she mm -hmm. is an active participant she usually sits in the background when i edit and um she uh, she doesn't talk to us she doesn't she's scared of you pat <laughs> oh, what have I done? I'm lovely. I'm like a teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. a scary teddy Nicest bear who, uh, who scares my poor wife. <laughs> uh, but no, all is good though. Um, so uh, we uh, we have some really really exciting topics to kind of go over this week. Um, 
of course it was thanksgiving um as well uh, so i hope everyone had a good thanksgiving i assume oh yeah fantastic here how about you guys yeah i ate a lot <laughs> oh yeah yeah we we hosted for the first time this year Oh. <laughs> yeah, the oh. pressure was on, uh, but everything came out of the oven at exactly the same time. Oh, like a pro. Yeah, nice. exactly. Well, I, look, I've done my fair share of cooking, so I, it, one of the classes that I took at school was actually, um, uh, it was like restaurant um, food service, so like we had to learn how to time everything to get it out at the same time. and. Uh-huh. Uh, practice those that's, that's, that's actually super useful. That is super useful. Yeah. I kid you not. I, I the, the skills that I picked up from that class, it sounds stupid, but knife skills are one of the big things that, you know, people don't really appreciate that that's one of the hardest skills to pick up in the kitchen. But I kid you not, like learning those basic knife skills has turned me into a totally different cook. Ah, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Very it's true. cool. It's true. So, uh, and, and now we're starting to talk about, uh, instead of flight test, it's uh, kitchen yeah. test. <laughs> ah, it's all good, Those, man. Uh, nice Whatever. Carry over to cutting foam board or? Uh... Yeah. It, 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 some of it does, uh, especially at, uh, cutting angles translate. Uh, um, uh, but knife, uh, basically holding the knife, knowing when the, where the pivot point is on the knife. Some of those things translate, but otherwise the, the rest is like, how to julienne, what the size of julienne, how to chop, how to mince, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Propellers do that really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Well made. Um, so, yeah. Do you, uh, we want to get some Aussie updates uh, going? Sure. Sure. Joel, Joel just wants to brag about his new toys. Oh, so wait. <laughs> so, we'll, no, we'll start with you, buddy. Go. <laughs> Thanks. Throw me under the bus. Well, uh, so this podcast is actually going to be a little bit special because um, my RC this week or last couple of weeks has been really neat. Um, I I tried to fly uh, the the Saturday Thanksgiving, um, but the wind here in Central Florida was diabolical. uh, And we had these terrible bands of uh, rain passing through. So instead of of me being able to fly the uh, Raiden like I wanted to, uh, I ended up only flying the HMB line of sight, which was a ton of fun because I love taking the quad up and just tinkering around with it. Um, but then, of course, Cyber Monday comes up. Uh, I think one of the subjects I'll bring up is what what we got on Cyber Monday. Um, mm. But I ordered some various items, and uh, I'll, I'll touch on that when, uh, when we come to Black Friday stuff. Um, but... Uh, then uh, this weekend, uh, I was at. Uh, we had two really big events here in Central Florida. We had the uh, pylon racing. Uh, the pylon races that we had were quarter scale midget pylon racing. Um, I'm pulling up now the name of the group, and yes, I will link it on the show notes. It was the NPRA, um, the uh, the group that was here at uh, Tangerine Field. Uh, flying the pylon races, just unbelievable. Two hundred mile an hour aircraft, guys. Can you? Oh my gosh! Unbelievable. The way that these planes were flying, oh. um, the the pilots. I've got. Uh, we're gonna add some content in here, uh, so you guys will actually hear firsthand from a couple of the pilots that I was able to interview um, about the the types of airplanes and the the process that they go through to get these machines in the air. 
um, and some of the electronics choices that they make. And I, I can't wait to share them. So we'll, we'll have a segment on that. It's going to be uh, later on in the show, so stay tuned for that. Um, and then the same day, I went over to a field. Literally, I kid you not, this field is four miles away from my flying field. But MultiGP had their national championship. So I got to hang out with wow. Jeremiah from right Stone backyard. Blue. That's awesome. Um, I was hanging out with um, Alex. Uh, I'd be crazy. He was down there. We uh, oh, had a good chat. He's a cool guy. He's yeah. a really cool yeah. guy. And then Chris mm-hmm. from uh, MultiGP. Uh, so uh, shout out to all of those guys. Thank you guys uh, for having uh, having me down there and uh, taking notes about everything. Uh, but I had a great conversation with someone who everyone should be familiar with. Um, I had a long chat with a gentleman by the name of Bob Brown. And does anyone know who Bob Brown is? I do, but I cheated. Yeah, you cheated. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you both did, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. So when I told I every- should know who he is. <laughs> when like I told that. everyone this, right, of we course, all should. <laughs> they cheated. Um, Bob Brown is the president of the AMA. And so we mm-hmm. had a long chat about uh, flight tests, what we do for the community, and how thankful he was to have us as members. Um, but his his goals and his vision for the AMA is exactly the same as flight tests. He wants to bring the hobby out to more people, and he was looking Wonderful. for some suggestions from members of the community so that we can all band together um, to uh, to get as many new people into the hobby as we can. So uh, it was really neat. He's asked me to uh, shoot him an email with a couple of recommendations that we were talking about. So uh, oh, wonderful! I have to actually. Uh, did, yeah, go for it, Pat. Did did you get the, did you bug him with any questions about the uh, NSTB or NTSB you rulings know, and FAA and all that? I didn't really want to go. Uh, into yeah, I'd love it. to pick his ear. About I, I would love to. Yeah, really, it, right? It just didn't seem. I mean, it was probably an appropriate time with the multi GP uh racing but at the same time like you want to respect the the guy's time and you know he's not oh and i understand i i probably wouldn't have either he's not necessarily but i would have wanted to right it's not like i didn't want to of course i think everyone when they get the opportunity to meet the president of the ama to bug him with that question but he was he was super genuine and he's got some great suggestions and uh thank you fred provost for the uh the the uh cards the ama cards suggestion he had mentioned it on an article a little a little ways back um to have cards handy with like your ama number what the ama is and how how radio controlled aircraft work and all that fun stuff and uh, i told bob brown about it and he was like i want you to email me about that because i think that's a fantastic idea so yay fred yay fred Uh, yeah yeah, his ears are probably burning now um (laughs) but yeah so he'll be popping up on chat (laughs) any second any second (laughs) um so yeah it it was i had a great great weekend and i'll see you guys um i'm I'm still like kind of wigging over the fact that i had such a great conversation i have his business card i'm probably gonna frame it No, that's that's very cool, and that's that's really nice that you you found him approachable and, and kind of a down to earth guy. Yeah, that, no, that's neat. That's absolutely, yeah. I'm like, I, I, sometimes those AMA guys get a, a bad rep as not being approachable, or you know, I I think I started going into the we're having issues right now with our field being shut down, and I know a lot of our guys would love to give him an earful. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I I'd love to get a few minutes to chat with him and just uh, to see what what. Uh, uh, 
what his thoughts are on the new drone re uh, regulation, uh, uh, registration rules, and just lots of stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I, I would like, I would like to. I don't know if this is the appropriate point or not, but but I would like to to for you to discuss what's going on with your field because when you said the radius around that airport, I was kind of like, whoa, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I just kind of interjected that when you were talking about the the AMA. No, 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 uh, no, no. That, oh, yeah. That's fine. No, the uh, yeah, our 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 club field has been shut down since about uh, since around Halloween because of our radius to uh, National Airport to Reagan. Uh, we're within 30 nautical miles, and there's because of the the rule changes with the FAA, they've extended what they call the uh, special flight rule area, and uh, and basically there's no drone operation, no unmanned aerial systems permitted within that range. And uh, we do have our, our local AMA guys uh, trying to negotiate with the FAA and, and uh, you know, try to get some language put in there to exclude existing clubs. But, uh, but the short story of it is we've been shut down and other clubs are also affected in this, in this region. And, uh, you know, you really want to give people a place to fly safely. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, shutting down the, the AMA clubs is probably the wrong way to go about doing that. So, right, because yeah. then you're going to have people just going out flying anywhere, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. unsupervised or uh, whatever you want to call it no absolutely sure absolutely it, it's just it's so, pilot it, it's it, it's kind of sad because it, the mm. fact that you were given a cease and desist is just yeah yeah what's that radius sorry, again uh, it's 30 nautical miles from wow. uh from reagan international which is weird because we're we're about six miles from dulles airport and we just have a standing agreement with them about the you know the tower knows where we are and it's never an issue. Uh, but uh, they, when they extended that uh, special flight rules area, um, they, they, they you know no exceptions. Everything shut down. We used to get shut down whenever dignitaries would come into D.C. and they'd sure. say you know no no flying between these hours or whatever. But uh, but it's basically twenty four seven now. So hopefully it gets gotcha. worked out. We were just about to open a second site. We've got a, a really great club. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, a good mix of folks. So there are a bunch of guys who are into the flight test side of stuff, all the way up to giant scale gassers, and mm -hmm. so it's you know, hopefully we get the sites back up and running. So. Absolutely, no, I, I, I hope for the best for uh, for your field and uh, it, mm. with everything going on. Uh, again, we we do encourage flying on a flying field. Um, here at the podcast, but that's because we're all members. So, but you know, it, it's funny because um, you know I, I will give uh, a little bit of a mention here in my area. The the flying field that I fly at is like it, it's got history to it. It's not the cheapest, cheap, cheapest, cheapest club mm -hmm. in in the U.S., but it certainly has the most history to it. Um, but at the same time, like I know for a fact that I will always be safer flying at an AMA chartered field versus, mm -hmm. you know, just flying. So, you know, that, that, that's my two cents anyway. So, oh, sure. so uh, Carl, Carl, I, I just did some fancy math here. We, we, now this is a 30 mile radius around, around Reagan. Correct. Yeah. That translates to, if my math serves me correctly, 2,827 square miles of no fly. That uh, yeah, that sounds I mean, like pi r squared, right? That, I'll trust <laughs> your math. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a big area. It is a big area. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, that's that's yeah. wow. Mm -hmm. And again, it, it's just it it's annoying because the FAA is so um, that what they don't realize is it 
some of these things are interrupting um, mm-hmm. all of what we do within the hobby. And it's just, it. I, I really hope with the new regulations that we there are some protections that come in um, for the club fields that are, that are within those radiuses. So we'll see. Sure. Sure. I mean, we've, We've been trying to uh, myself and some other uh, members of the club have been trying to be more um, trying to tra- attract more of the the drone operators. We actually there's a big drone community in the district, which is you know kind of crazy because you'd think well they can't fly anywhere, but there's a huge DC drones group, and uh, we've been trying to get them to come out and we we've offered to clear more space to put a uh, a racetrack in for the FPV guys. Um, oh wow! I, I know that half the the fun of of flying the the multis is the the video side of it, and if you're just out in a field with nothing, there's not a lot to record. But but at least for the for the racer guys, I mean, we're we're prepared to put in a whole. Um, yeah, what I, I guess we'd have to reach out to the the, the guys who are doing the, the GP races or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, whatever the official race course is, we, we've got plenty of space to clear to do it. Yeah, so. totally. I'll bring up the multi GP stuff uh, a, a little bit later Most, on in yeah. the show. But absolutely, I mean, bringing something like that to a flying field would be an excellent addition. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, so let's go over to Carl. <laughs> Carl, well, I, what have you been so, up to in the hobby? <laughs> Oh uh, well, the last couple of days or weeks is pretty much just building. I didn't buy. I was telling you guys before we started. I missed all the Black Friday sales. I missed all the Cyber Monday sales. So I don't have any new toys on the way, and I'm kind of kicking myself for it. But uh, but yeah, just the last few days have been uh, been cleaning up the shop and then starting on the the the, the build off uh, build of the the big pits biplane. So <laughs> that that's been the hobby for me the last couple of days. Very uh, nice. Very nice. Pat. I know, hey, um, I, know, I haven't, I haven't, <laughs> what's that? I was going to say, I know you've had some new toys in recently because I think we have, well, I, we have something to share the pair of us about Black Friday. Right. Hey, um, yeah, mine gets here tomorrow. Do you have yours yet? Uh, supposedly it's in Wednesday, but that's according to FedEx. And FedEx oh, FedEx may be I'm going to beat you. Yeah, Aha. just a little bit. Go on, go on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, in terms of flying, I, not a whole lot. I did do some flying over the break because the weather was just incredible. Um, went out to the field and, and flew my buddy's Radian, which, by the way, I had to give back today, which, which was fine. I, I felt he, he was away. He went overseas. He was in Germany for a couple of weeks and uh, got back, I think, on the 3rd, if I'm correct. And I had to bail on my RC club's Christmas party because the plan was to exchange it back uh, there on Sunday. Mm. Um, but but when I gave it back to him, uh, I'd fixed it up for him a little bit. I mean, it was pretty minor stuff, but um, he gave me a high start. Like, this thing is monstrous. I, I unrolled it in my kitchen tonight, and it must be like eight miles of of rubber and straight. I, I don't say, know. It, 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 the, for those who don't know, what, what do tell high stop. What, what is that? It's a giant rubber band or actually surgical tubing. And it's used to, uh, launch gliders into the air RC gliders. Um, mm-hmm. sailable, excuse I, you know, why do they call RC planes gliders? The, the real <laughs> sailplane plane? that bugs me. Eh. I'm going to call them sailplanes. I'm going to start a movement. Let's call, Planes that are meant to stay aloft by harnessing lift and thermals at sailplanes from here on out. Let's give them the dignity they deserve. Okay, sailplanes. So, I'm on board. So, I'm okay with this. So so anyway, I, I've got this uh, ASW-15 uh, Balsa 
that I've I've almost done building and have been almost done building for a couple of years now. <laughs> um, so that uh, uh, you know that that's how I'm going to get it into the air now. So it was really nice of the guy to give it to me. Um, he he's yeah he's my buddy who's a sailplane pilot and took me up that day and stuff. Oh, uh, so yeah yeah he's a pretty cool dude. Um, so that's. Uh, that's news on flying front. I got to fly the radiant a little bit before I sent it home. Um, and then black Friday came around and, and I was addicted to, to hobby hobby. I got to say hobby King, I think just crushed it this year. I, I mean, I hope uh, maybe I'm wrong in some people's uh, opinion, uh, but I'll still sales. Are we ready to move on to what, what we found in the sales? Sure. So, uh, I, I guess I'll let you start then Pat. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I mentioned before that that my 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 number one radio, my Eternity Nine X, was fried by some of my students who were who were working on a pretty cool project. Um, and again, I'd like to get around to that someday, but not today. Uh, so they had Eternity uh, Nine X Mode One radio on sale for I think it was like twenty nine bucks. Yeah. So I snapped that up. Wow. And and it's here. It, it was about a three-minute conversion to switch it over to mode two because you're just moving a, 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 a spring and a little uh, clip that tensions something, you know. Super easy. I, I got the uh, backlight kit with it as well. So I installed that. And that was the that was the most difficult part of the whole thing was the, the backlight just kind of lays on top or, or on back of the LED screen. And just getting it to line up and stay in position, is, it, it was kind of fussy. But but other than that, it's all good, and it's working, and I'm happy. Very nice. Now all I have to do is, yeah, it, it's still I'm still using the stock Turnigy stuff. I uh, I need to get my FreeSky module in it, um, which means I need to disconnect the antenna and all that stuff. But but I'll get around to that. Plus, um, I don't. I, shout out to this uh, company, Smarty Parts. If you own a Turnigy 9X, you probably heard of these guys. Um, they've developed this new board that really expands the capabilities of the 9X and, and I think pushes it towards Tyrannus land. So mm. I'm pretty excited about getting my hands on one of those one of these days. Yeah, and I'm really, proud on it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know. What else, what else did you get I'm there? Jealous. I, well, uh, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be receiving a mini DLG. What, which mini DLG is that one? Uh, it's the uh, it's the Hobby King. It's the Hobby King two channel. Uh, I think it's. I think mine is nine hundred or nine fifty. Yeah, nine. Uh, yours is the nine fifty, but yours is the one okay. rudder elevator. Yeah, two channel. Um, that's it, and I'm so excited for this because I've wanted to play around with DJ. DLGs for a long time, um, and I hear pretty pretty decent things about them. I, I know Bruce Simpson; he he gave it a pretty darn decent review, which for him is, you know, he doesn't pull any punches. So I was pretty happy with what I was hearing mm -hmm. about it. So, and, and the price was was really really good. What what is it like thirty eight bucks or something like that? Correct, correct. Uh, yeah, that's crazy because they're like a hundred and two dollars yep. normally. So, uh, was that that all you managed to find? I think so. Yeah, you just because if I remember correctly, you just mentioned that you had ordered the the DLG. Um, I right. Uh, yeah, I, I I was restrained. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> I sure you were. 
Uh, you have to. You have. We have to restrain you somehow because otherwise, goodness knows, if we let you run free, the the world no. would be a different place. That let me tell you that. <laughs> My wife knows how to restrain me. <laughs> goodness knows we all need insert that. comment <laughs> and soundbite. Um, the. <laughs> <laughs> the Hobby King's uh, Cyber Monday sale did very, very well with... Uh, well, I did very well, I should say. Uh, I was able to get... Um, well, I've been watching it for a while, but I got, I picked up a set of the Quantum V2s, the headset. Uh, same price, $55. Um, the, uh, but I got something else with it, of course, because it's one thing to get... Uh, video system, but you have to get the FPV gear that goes along with it. So I picked up the RC832 and TS5825 camera set, uh, which is the 25 milliwatt, 32 channel, 5.8 gigahertz race band um, full set, and that's receiver, transmitter, camera, and full wire set for a whopping. 40 bucks which is that normally oh, runs for like 80 that's crazy so uh that was a whacking good deal um and nice. so i ordered both of those came to a total of like with shipping and everything it was like 120 or so um and basically it had that ship dhl it arrived at my doorstep today um already installed the camera and the uh the gear in the quads so that's sitting in there ready to go camera uh sorry picture to be included um in the show notes then not only that because i'm a platinum member with hobby king now that i have put 10 orders in in the calendar year um i am officially now the owner the proud owner of 120 points 129 dollars worth of points so with that i got for only the cost of shipping the DLG also, but not the uh, rudder elevator version. I got the aileron elevator version. So I got the Pro uh, DLG, uh, which is the purple one, which is really neat, um, for whacking 12 bucks. Um, and then, not only did I get wow. that, I picked up a Mobius action cam to go on the quad for a whacking $6.00. <laughs> good grief man oh wow i gotta figure out how so, to get you, you gotta teach me your ways joel so yeah um i did very well with hobby king and i still have 18 dollars worth of credit left to use so <laughs> oh i'm God. thinking of using that for a 1300 milliamp uh three cell that i've been watching for a little bit so um yeah so i got away with a whacking good uh, whacking good deal over Black Friday. I'm quite pleased. So I've got some building to do. I've got the I've got to put the Quantum V2s together. Um, I've got to set up the receiver combination. I've I've got everything now sitting in the quad ready to go. So it's now just going to be a case of tinkering around, making sure I understand how the channels function and uh, all of that good stuff. But I, I think I'm well on my way. I'm very very pleased with the way it's going so far. Cool, man. That dude, you win. You, you won <laughs> yeah. the Black Friday. Yeah, I haven't bragged too much no in, our, in our chat just yet because I, I, I figured I would surprise everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, I think uh, real quick, before we get into the main segment here with Carl, um, and Carl, thank you for coming on board uh, for in such short notice as well. Um, oh, my pleasure. Uh, we have officially made Pat our designated guest host recruiter. Whether that's a good idea or not is yet to be seen. But um, that's a lot. That's too much responsibility for but, me, Joe. For this guy. But the the funny thing is, Carl, and this is the part that you don't know, which is kind of funny because I love to share this thing. Um, uh, it, it's really amusing to me because of the fact, and this is the part that I love. Um, Pat, surprisingly enough, I, I was sitting on Wednesday. Uh, I was thinking to myself this past Wednesday. You know, I haven't heard from the guys. I, we we haven't organized who our guest is and pat comes into our little chat that we have between the hosts of the show and he's like so here's who i have for like december i have one for january i have another one for mid-january and i'm like pat dude i'm handing this responsibility over to you buddy because clearly you have exactly what what i wanted to know the entire time I just couldn't. That's what you get for doing such a good job. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I couldn't help but laugh. So I'm the tech guy. You're the recruiter, and the president's on a flight. So we're doing well. <laughs> right, right. Hey, it, it, what do we want to assign Mike since he's not here? Huh? What What duties do we want to assign Mike since he's not here? Uh, we'll we'll have to figure that out. That maybe maybe that's the topic okay. for uh, the show notes. <laughs> maybe we'll let the community decide. <laughs> what can we make Mike do when he's not around to speak up for himself? Yeah, this is true. Oh, yeah. you know what we should totally do? We should have him uh, like try and scratch bolt something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he says he's not a builder, but he just doesn't know he oh, is. Oh, exactly. Uh, All right, so I'm gonna fill in for his segment real quick and uh, give a shout out to some of the new members that we have on the forum. Um, I have uh, scoured the uh, the the outer edges of our forum and found we have several new members who have been actively posting. Um, we have Aaron Kalova. Uh, he is interested in doing some balsa building. Welcome to the forum, sir. Uh, we have C. Cleaneth. Uh, he is interested in looking at the FT Racer. Welcome to the forum. Uh, Earthbound Misfit. Interested in looking at... <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> looking at some multi-rotor information. Uh, then we also have Jared3339. Uh, and he is interested in doing a 3D build, um, but doing it specifically out of a sheet of Dollar Tree foam board. Um, get yourself over to the scratch build uh, side of things. Oh, because there are that was... some great posts about that. Yeah. He's the guy that that uh, he wanted to make it a build off, uh-huh. right? It's like yep. one of his first posts, exactly. which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, and I, I I'm not a 3D guy, but I'm like, that sounds like a lot of fun. Absolutely. You know, challenge accepted. Let's let's that's, see what you guys. That's can very do. challenging to build anything worth much at all out of a single sheet of foam board. Is really challenging. Uh, you could probably pull off in my uh, well, in my opinion, this is of course strictly coming from an opinion standpoint. You could do a pretty decent uh, profile plane um with one sheet sure um but whether you could do a full 3d with uh a and b folds now that's that's yet to be seen but go for it try it oh just make it skinny (laughs) just let us know well i know uh you are chomping at the bit here Matt. (laughs) i know matter of fact okay so carl carl 
you've got yes, some sir. stuff that just it blows my mind um when i look at your your garage your workshop and then seeing the p40 firsthand really was really was just something to see man i i, I, I i've <laughs> i've got so many questions that it's hard for me to 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 even organize them in my brain and i don't I, I, it would be more like I just want to come to your place and hang out and and learn stuff. Well, from that you. sounds like but, that but, sounds like fun too. Any? <laughs> well, hey, you know yeah. we're not that terribly not, far not, away from not each that other. Far. Yeah, no. Sorry, but, sorry um, for being quite so far away. <laughs> yeah, Joel, you and Mike. Yeah. Um, like, like, can we start with the pits? The the current build that you're working sure. on. Sure, that's a good, and, good place to start. So, yeah. So I've got a question that uh, might be silly. I hope it's not silly because because in my head, um, well, I'll 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 just ask it. First of all, the the jig that you have for uh, setting up the fuselage, where you take your formers and you put them on the two rails, did did you build that yourself? Is that a commercial item or where did that come from? How did that come? Well, about? so the uh, I built that when we were when I was building the big P forty, and that's a rig that uh, that Keith Sparks designed. So yeah, it's it's just two pieces of electrical conduit and uh, uh -huh. a couple pieces of plywood screwed together. So it 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 makes it really easy to rotate the fuselage so you can get in and work on different angles and everything. Um, but uh, but no, I'm basically just reusing the same rig that that the P40 was designed around. So okay. it's 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 something anybody can put together in in an hour, and uh, it really does make building these these larger fuselages a lot easier. Uh, protect them from dings too, because they're not sitting on the table. You're not you're not handling them. So. And with, right. with that being said, then so you're 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 doing the formers now. Is it hot wire cutting that you're doing, or is it just strictly like sanding and hacking away with a sharp knife? Well, so what I'm what I'm doing right now is uh, between each of the formers, I'm filling filling them with uh, with just blocks of foam that I'm cutting on the bandsaw, and uh, it's going to be a just a, a solid piece of foam and, and plywood that'll get sanded down to shape. And uh, you put a couple layers of fiberglass on top of that, prime it, sand it, you know, fix all your imperfections, and then uh, wax that plug, put a coat of what's called PVA, some mold release on it, oh, and throw I got you. fiberglass around it, and cut that outside fiberglass off. So the goal is to end up with a hollow fiberglass shell for the, uh, for the fuselage. Um, and this is, a, this is a trick. I've actually talked to uh, Josh Orchard about this, too. We, he and I both watched... There's a guy we watch on, a, on other forums and watch his builds named John Morgan, and this is an idea I'm stealing from him. And, uh, and he's a, an amazing builder, but it, it's a neat way to get a, a, a hollow uh, fiberglass fuselage, and then you can sacrifice your plug to get perfect formers to fit the inside. You know, you just cut them, and you've got your template for your plug. And uh, it, it's a neat way to build a, a, a really lightweight airplane. So. Uh, that is cool. It's like the uh, old Byron Originals. Fuselages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember them. Yeah. Awesome. And kids. the other nice thing is before you know, before you cut your plug up, you can always pull a couple extra fuselages. So I'm I'm hoping to be able to pull you know an extra at least one or two and and have it set aside in case something happens to the uh, first one. But uh, right. Very interesting though. Huh. I'm I'm just cool. looking at yeah. your so, uh, build thread as we as we're talking here and uh, watching your progress as seeing how far you've come along with it. Um. I have to admit, I am a absolute softie for the for the pits. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of funny that when when I saw you post about the pits, I was like, "Dude, he must have been in my head because I was highly considering doing a sport biplane um, for mm -hmm. my scratch build off." And 
I was like, you know what? Uh, I may not want to go that route because I'm not quite into the 3D stuff just oh, yet. Oh, no. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I, as soon as you posted it, I was like, I'm going to take some steps back and let him own that. <laughs> um, because, yeah. Just, and again, coming from someone who wasn't able to attend Flight Fest and to see your P40 and the way that that kind of developed and that scratch build went, unbelievable i, I can't well, gush enough um i did want to kind of bring up the p40 i'm sorry to bounce around your builds a little bit um no no not at all but i totally want to bring up your replica pilot because he's you huh. isn't he <laughs> yeah so what's the, yeah my what's the uh, action story figure. yeah tell, please tell me the story here well uh I don't know where to start. So I, I mean, the the pilot, the the body itself. I was originally just going to do a you know a pilot from a, it's a company called iFly Tailies, and, and it's a, a pretty detailed pilot. But the the outfit is really nice. It's a real leather jacket, real slacks. I mean, the zippers work, the pockets. It, it's it's a way over the top uh, wow. pilot. And uh, I was looking at other other pilots online. Some of the ones that are animated with the head tied to the rudder, and and uh, I thought, well, you know, I can do that, and. Uh, I saw, a, I, th I don't remember if it was a YouTube channel for Tested or something like that, but they had, there's a website called that'smyface.com, and that you can get these, you can get a model of your own head cut to any size you want, right? And uh, I just, you know, was sitting there, maybe I'd had a cocktail or two, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I ordered a, a copy of my own head and uh, <laughs> decided to, 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 uh, to put myself in the airplane. You know, I, I'm never going to get to fly a P-40, but I can have convincing pictures that make it look like I did. So, um, yeah, no, it, 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 it came out much better than I, uh, than I had anticipated it would. It, it really, I mean, the, the, the helmet and the goggles fit perfectly from the one to the, uh, from the model to the, uh, to the 3d printed version. So it, it couldn't have come out better. I'm so happy with it. That's unbelievable. So. <laughs> I'm on yeah, the website really right now and I'm just, I'm digging this. This is great. Yeah. He's, I, I went ahead and tied. Uh, I'm using a a, uh, a gear sequencer, a gear door sequencer, and uh, he obviously has a uh, the arm is animated and the head is animated, so that he can kind of look around and, and salute the uh, flight line, if you will. Um, but uh, you know, it's you know keeping up international relations. <laughs> the yeah, <American> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Goose. Exactly. Well, it, what's what? My wife was living in Germany for six months while I was building this aircraft. So you'll notice that it's the German kill flags, and you know it was a uh, was kind of a running gag with me and and her and her coworkers over there, or at least I thought it was. That uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> they were highly offended, but in reality, <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, it, hopefully not. I didn't mean it to be offensive, but it was yeah, just kind of yeah. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Uh, by yeah, the way, cool. guys, I'm, I'm having a look at the website. Pat, just for our reference for the scratch build-off, a custom four-inch head is on sale right now for forty-nine dollars. <laughs> oh, that's oh, a deal. That's a whacking good deal. That really is, yeah. Because I, I can tell you, I paid a little more than that for uh, like a two and a quarter-inch head. So I'm glad their prices are coming down. That makes it a lot more reasonable. Yeah, that's that's spectacular. That's, cool. that's so funny. Um, yeah, so, and it's amazing to kind of watch your build techniques because they do differ, um, drastically from the rest of the forum. Um, so 
then if you're using like a hollow bodied uh, fuselage, how do you go about calculating all up weight for the aircraft? So on the the pits, I'm kind of crossing my fingers and hoping things work out for this bill. I, um, I I'm kind of stealing some numbers off of uh, other builds that some folks that do something similar. Um, you can kind of estimate the amount of surface area that you're going to have, and you know the weight of the glass. So if I'm going to put down uh, overall maybe 14 ounces per square yard of glass, if you can calculate the uh, the surface area, and and you, you can kind of get a good round number from that. Um, and then you know you, you can actually save a lot of weight by making the formers really thin because you know you've got a nice firm fuselage on the outside. You don't have to have a lot of bulk to the formers, so you can cut those out of real thin light ply and. I'm I'm hopeful that I'll be able to keep it you know keep it nice and light uh, without having to go to like a balsa build or something. So right, uh, it it, it should so it, it should work out okay. So so it's very much a monocoque or monocoque or however you say it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, airframe. Now, <clears throat> so so if I understand correctly, what you're doing is you're making a plug right now, and you use the formers, you place them on the the jig, and then you insert foam blocks between them and then just sand it to shape to match the shape of the formers that are already mounted in there exactly is that how you do it okay cool yeah. and then you're going exactly. to uh then you're going to lay that up and basically yeah, so, uh, so that, that'll yeah, get make a mold initial fiberglass layers and and it'll get primed and, and it'll look like the uh you know the final plane i uh you won't put rivets or anything on the plug but uh once you get the plug nice and clean, uh, the glass looks good there. You know, you put a couple layers of automotive wax on it, mm. and uh, and then the the mold release, right. and then you just wrap the whole plug in in your final glass. And you can actually, uh, I'm, the plan is to go ahead and have the when the plug gets cut off of, the, or when the the actual fuselage gets cut off of the plug, it should already be in primer. Panel line should be on, rivet should be on. There's a lot of uh, large screws that hold the panels together. I'm going to try to replicate those. So it, once it comes off of the plug, the outside of the fuselage should be just about ready for the final paint. And uh, yeah, so that, that's uh, that's you, know, you do all the detailing that you can on the plug, so you're not handling it, moving it around. And uh, fingers crossed, it works out. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, okay, because I had it in my head for for a few minutes that you were actually making a mold, and then you were going to lay the fiberglass in the mold and, nope. and then pull your fuselage like that okay. I, I i've i've seen that done before too that looks much trickier um and i, I i'm not only looking to get one maybe two fuselages off of this if i i guess if yeah. you're going to go do commercial stuff and uh you know sure build a, if you were yeah. looking to produce it right, right. And, yeah. and i think they, they, it's funny that you bring that up because the guys over at the pylon race the the way they the the way they do all of their races is they they do the inverse mold um, but they mm -hmm. do it out of CNC aluminum, of course. But I'm sure if you if you did a oh, reverse uh, mold, that you could probably get a good number of uh, airframes uh, out of out of that. And it, it, it's true. It depends. I, I suppose it does depend on how how many you wish to replicate and how often do you you know do you want to build that airframe once or do you want to build that airframe two hundred times? You kind of yeah you, you yeah. kind of do right. it based on that. With with my attention Absolutely. span, I usually build something once, and then I don't get back to it for you know for a long time. So um, <laughs> I can relate. Yeah, well, I, I imagine you know if I if I have two fuselages <laughs> sitting around for the pits, I don't think I'll need a third. So yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I see that the Tomcat though, the F fourteen. <laughs> 
That's a talking little, about my attention span. That's a little different, though. Uh, that's not the uh, yeah. the formers aren't set up quite the same way. No, so th- that's actually. Um, uh, I started that back in 2011, and it might have been one of my bigger mistakes in my marriage. But uh, uh, we were living <laughs> in a, a two bedroom condo, and I decided I was going to build a eight foot long tomcat. Oh yeah, and. Uh, it, it, it's a set of plans from a uh, his screen name is Jetset Forty Four. Uh, his name is Steve Shumate, and he's been designing park jets for for years. He's got a, a great Raptor um, SU Thirty, SU Thirty Seven. He's got a ton of these models that are, are that build really easy. Um, I, I, I think the the best comparison most people will be familiar with would be like uh, Nerdnik stuff, right? He's got it's it's easy to build, and you can get a great final product with it, and. Uh, so I, I just took his plans for, you know, a, a, I think it's a 30-some inch span, scaled it up 210% and, uh, and have been going from there. But uh, now I, I worked on that thing for the better part of two years while we were still in the condo and um, kind of lost momentum. And I've, I've, I've worked on it again now that I'm back in the house and it just, it just keeps getting pushed to the side. So hey, once you've looked at a project for... I, 2011 for four or five years, you know, it, it, you, you kind of, the momentum comes and goes. So I oh, do want to get it done. Relate as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and every time I start a new project, I get the, uh, I get the comment from the wife, you know, uh, is, is the Tomcat, is it time to finish the Tomcat? Cause it's the one that she knows by name, you know, it's the, uh, the F 14, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a neat build. Um, when I when I started thinking about doing it, it was designed to be a, a twin pusher jet, right? I wanted to try to do as big as I could for as cheap as I could, and ducted fan stuff, especially a few years back. I mean, the price has come down, but it's still to ride, run something like that. It'd be like twin one twenties or something. Maybe you could get by with twin nineties. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it was going to be pricey, so I designed it for uh, for twin pushers. The uh, the resting hook actually will drop and function as a prop guard. It's on its own separate servo. So my, my oh, hope sweet. was that I could get it to, it to still work with the, the, the two push up back using the arrestor to keep the props from hitting. And uh, the wing sweeps work. Um, I've got fiber optics run into the cockpit so all the cockpit lights light up when you drop the gear. Oh, my gosh. Um, all, all, the, all the navigation lights work. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's been an... Well, it's been a fun build. I just need to to knock it out and and finish it. That's amazing. So, uh, it's uh, and yeah. you're you're just waiting for inspiration. Yeah, yeah. No, I just need to sit down yeah. and watch Top Gun a few more times, and I'll be back at it. Highway to the Danger right. Zone but, is going to be yeah. uh, certainly the name of this show. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, that, that's, uh, that's great. It, the. Uh, the servo, the servo for the wing sweep. I, I should send you guys a picture of that thing. I, it's the most monstrous servo. It's on a, a, a gearbox, and it actually makes about seventy pounds of torque. It's got some. Uh, what? Some, oh, yeah, oh yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a. I'll get to the exact details, but it, it's the size of your fist, and it um, it makes uh, you know, well over fourteen hundred some ounces of of torque. Is uh, you know the wings are are relatively heavy. Every you know there's there's they're friction fit, so it's got to be a beefy servo. And the first couple uh, servos didn't work, so I just kind of went overboard with this thing. But it is a it, it's a it's a monster. Wow! So, wow! That's, is yeah. this like an industrial uh, device or or is it a hobby servo? It, it it's 
kind of in between. You the the gearbox I think I got from like Servo City, and I think it's really designed around guys who are building robots or uh, it's just a gear reduction, okay, right? They, they 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 yeah. So yeah. it's got just a, a big wheel, and the servo just keeps turning, and it, yeah, it's just a uh, torque multiplier, but it it works really well, and uh, you know it, it'll you know seventy pounds of of torque will move those wings, no matter what you're doing. So. <laughs> I bet. That's yeah. unbelievable. That's really cool. <laughs> so the funny thing is, is, I don't think I could get my wife to agree to building a plane that's basically twice my height um, <laughs> because I think she would near kill me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you, you've probably heard it on the show before that I'm not allowed to be, build anything bigger than my my arm span. Um, huh? So uh, it's so... How did you manage to to fit everything in a, in a two two uh, bedroom condo? <laughs> oh, so, how was your storage? So, yeah, well the uh, the guest bedroom kind of looked like the Air and Space Museum. I just had airplane stuff just crammed in there, um, and uh, had a had a little folding table, and that was just the workshop. And you know, uh, on the weekends, I would extend out into the kitchen or into the uh, the dining room. But uh, it was, I mean, that was one of the reasons it didn't, if I had started that project now, I could have probably knocked it out in a year. But it just, uh, having to take everything out, put it away, it was, uh, it was, it was probably a mistake. To, but uh, but I, I hope, you know, I'm glad I started it. I just want to, want to get it done. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I have to say, I wish I had a little, just a little bit more building space. Um mm-hmm. But I, I've been, uh, I, I think I've said it on the past podcast, but I've got it a little bit more together now, um, is I've been building my hot wire bow and just how simple it is to put one of them together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably one of the most underrated tools in any RC um, builder's workshop because beforehand I, I was just, you know, using a knife and making sure I had sharp mm-hmm. blades, but the the hot wire cutter just cuts through anything like it's butter. Oh, it's oh, fantastic! Yeah. yeah, I I just built my first bow as well, and I I'm I'm gonna try for the the, the wings for the pits will be the first thing I try to cut off cut with it, other than just you know, cutting blanks. And uh, it, it's uh, it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it really. It, the the funny thing is, uh, you know, for a first time um, scratch build with it. I have to say, I'm definitely going to do Joshua Orchard's um, Bloody Ripper. That will be the first mm-hmm. wing that I cut because it's just simple. I think that's probably the best way of starting out is just find something super simple to cut and then make your more complicated ones from there. Because with the SR10 that I'm building, um, there are some rather complicated things that you have to kind of work out and make not just a, a single cut, but multiple cuts. Um so uh, kind of moving on to my next question is uh, how, what is the planning that you go through to kind of prepare for a build? So let, t- talking about the pits, um, sure. because of course I know that there are various things that you already have ready to go for it. Um, but what, what's mm-hmm. kind of like your mindset when you're going through the planning stage of a build? I mean, the, whenever I pick a, a new aircraft like the, the pits or something, um, I just spend a, a couple days or weeks or, or whatever just researching online, um, trying to find as much detail as you can. Uh, there's go to the full scale forums and see who, um, especially with these types of stunt biplanes. There's full scale guys who are geeking out about this stuff too. So you can find a lot of neat detail. Um, 
in, in the case of the this particular one, I, I we have a family friend, you know, a guy knows a guy, somebody, somebody's daughter works for the Oracle team. So I've been able to get in touch with them directly. And there, there are a lot of people like to model this particular plane. So they have a nice set of pictures and all the, the right angles and uh, the dimensions. You can get all the logos and everything from them. So it, it's it, I've just kind of compile as much detail as you possibly can um, and, uh, and start to try to figure out how you want to tackle it from there. So, um, I mean, I, there's a couple of, uh, I've already kind of highlighted the, the, ch the big challenges that, um, for this project. And then I'm kind of researching uh, one of the things that I want to try to capture on the wings. Well, we, like we were talking about, I want to hotwire the wings, but I still want to capture the detail because the, it's the real aircraft has a, uh, has a fabric covering over the wings and you get that nice scalloping around the, the, uh, the, the, the formers. And I'm trying to figure out how to capture that it, with hot wire wings. So you're probably going to have to go back and sand in the scallops or something after you've hot wired um, the main profile. Um, Joshua, yeah, just, Joshua has a way to – I think Joshua has a way to do that. You might want to chat with him I, um, I, if I, I recall. Reach out to him. Yeah, that's uh, – so I mean, they're, they're, I, basically I'm trying to identify the challenges that I'm going to have in a month or two months or something like that and, and try to figure out how I'm going to tackle them so I'm not sitting scratching my head when I get to that part. And, uh, and right now I'm, I'm, I haven't picked a power system, but I know I want to run a three blade propeller. That's going to be as close to scale as possible. Um, the, the real plane flies with a Hartnell claw 2.0 prop that has this really neat look. I'm not going to be able to perfectly capture that, but I want something that has that three blade look and I'm probably going to have to pull my own spinner cause it's a unique kind of longer spinner that isn't a Dubrow or a true turn or something. So like those types of things, I'm, I'm kind of researching how other people have tackled those in the past, and and uh, yeah, this I, I haven't built a biplane with rigging before, so I I don't know how I'm going okay. to do that. So I've got been been looking at other people's builds, and uh, I mean, just trying to uh, just steal from people who've done it before. Yeah, what are you what are you planning on supporting the wings on? What are the struts going to be? So um, there'll be carbon fiber spars, probably, or at least. Uh, a carbon fiber toe into the laid into the the um, wings before I glass them. Um, I'm really lucky that I, that I picked this size because it'll fit in the trailer without the wings having to come off. So I, I'm gonna kind of cheat. The wings will be removable, but they won't be like removable to take to the field, right? They don't have to be easily removable. So I, I can kind of cheat on the, the rigging. Doesn't have to snap on and off. It can, you know, it'll, it can be uh, it, it can be a little more permanent. Yeah. So yeah, no, that I, I'm sense. hoping that that makes it a lot easier. It, it's funny that you say that because that's one thing that I'm I'm thinking about with the with the SR10. Um, mm -hmm. I know that it's going to be a 30 inch wingspan, which will fit in the back of a car so easily. Um, mm -hmm. And the question becomes: Do you want to go through the hassle of trying to do the electronics and do the setup on a removable wing? And I don't know if I do. I think I might go yeah. ahead and just do. Uh, a, a unibody uh, wing and fuselage and do uh, a carbon fiber strut running down the middle and do uh, a couple mm -hmm. of carbon fiber strands going up into the the windows um, as well because I just don't know if I want to start tinkering around with getting the, the fittings correct as well. I, there's a lot of work that kind of goes into that too. So I, oh, sure. I can empathize with the, with the, uh, the desire to do that. So I, I, with that, uh, you kind of hinted. So you have a trailer to take everything uh, out to the field with you. I, I do, yeah. I, it was, uh, 
that was it, it's a fantastic. My daily driver is a is a Jeep Wrangler, so I don't have I can't fit most you know most planes in the back very well. Um, so I, a few years ago, I decided I'm either gonna have to get a bigger car or I'm gonna go buy a trailer. And I, I went the trailer route, and I I can't recommend it enough. If I mean it's a little pricey up front, but for for the convenience of just being able to throw everything in there, and we use it for for moving stuff around and. Um, Flight Fest, I bought it right before the first Flight Fest and loaded everything in there, drove down. It was fantastic. You've got all your camping gear, everything in one place, all your planes, and uh, just not being limited on space in there. It's, it's, it's been awesome. So yeah, that's great. I can't recommend that enough. If, I mean, I, if you can talk your wife into it, <laughs> that's, that's great. So. Yeah, the trouble is, where I live, we have a, a one-car garage and a, and a parking bay. So I, I mm-hmm. don't have anywhere to put it is my thing. Ah, so, yeah. and, and again, we, we're very limited on space, which is why I have to be very frugal with what I pick and choose mm-hmm. to, to bring in. Um, and that's why she doesn't mind necessarily the scratch belt stuff so much because it's so replaceable. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the trouble with the SR10 is that's going to be more of a permanent airframe and how do you go about storing that? So I, I probably think that that's, something that's going to come up in conversation as we kind of progress through the pod, podcast. Sure. But, sure. Um, I mean, air, airplane storage is, is a pair of them as best you can, but, uh, yeah, but stuff happens. So, yeah. Interesting. Pat, do you have a trailer or anything like that? No, I have a truck that used to have a bed cap on it, but the storm that happened that Saturday night at flight fest 2014 ripped that off. Ooh. Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, Carl, I don't know if you, you noticed there's a big white canopy that went airborne and landed, uh, I don't know, maybe 50 yards away from where it used to be and was kind of all mangled. That, and that, that was, was the back of your truck. Okay. Well, well, no, that that was the canopy I borrowed from friends. And it took out the back of the truck, the hatch oh, off the truck oh, as no. it went. And, and it, it ripped the flies off of Asbjorn and my tents. And Asbjorn's tent had at least two inches of water in the bottom oh, of it. It was crazy. Geez. So we, that, we slept in the cool. hangar that night. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I, I slept in the trailer that night. <laughs> <laughs> that was... I had to stand up and story. crawled in the trailer. Yeah, that was you a know, bad... Yeah. That was wicked. I, and I, honestly, we didn't really know how how bad it was because we were all in the hangar mm-hmm. when it hit and, and the water started in. So we closed the hangar door and we had to like move all the boxes with t-shirts and stuff back really quickly. Uh Oh, but man, wow. when we came out, it was like, holy cow, that was that was a rough one. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I, they've had a well. Obviously, the rain came before the last flight fest, and uh, but they've had you know the weather was perfect that first one, right? Until that that last night. Right. Amazing. Exactly. So I, I'm I'm actually going to bring it full circle. So question for you then, uh, with with the scale and the size of the airplanes that you have, what are the preparations that you make for uh, an event like flight fest? So, like with the P forty, I've got um, part of the build was actually building a, a you want to call it a carrying case or some kind of protection stuff that I can literally just strap into the trailer so that it doesn't bounce around. Um, so it was you kind of have to plan ahead because you're only going to get so much stuff in in the trailer if they're that big. So uh, I, I was able to get I think for the last one I got you know five or six planes um, and all my camping gear and everything in the trailer with kind of playing Jenga, moving things around, um, or Tetris, uh, but, uh, you know, moving, moving the, the stuff around, making sure nothing's going to fall. And, um, but, 
other other than kind of building the uh, like foam protection cases for the planes, I've got some bags for uh, like sailplane wings and stuff that you can kind of strap to the ceiling of the trailer. Just try to make use of every bit of space you've got. Um, you know, there's a, there's a rack in there for all my glue, my hot glue sticks, my repair kits, the um, the extras with all the, the the nuts and bolts that you might lose at the field. Because um, one of the things you don't want to get out, you know, drive. Well, in this case, to Flight Fest, it's six hours, but you know, you don't, you don't want to drive an hour to a field, set up a giant plane, and then be missing something, right? So I've I've got um, you know tons of extra uh, ring retaining bolts and all. Um, I've got a couple extra of each of the servos in case I had to at the field replace a servo. I mean, you, if you're with all the work involved in putting a plane like that together and getting it ready to fly, you don't want to be at the field ready to fly and have one thing broken. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you kind of have a spares kit. Um, and then obviously, I, you should have that for, you know, it, it will save your day any day. No, it doesn't matter how big the plane is. But uh, especially with all the effort you have to go to, um, to, to not be able to fly because you got a, a bad servo extension or, you know, um, a nine dollar servo isn't working on your gear door. Yeah, you don't want to have. You don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I think it goes without saying. Do, right. You guys, yeah. You guys all have a crash kit, right? Oh yeah. So just in case something goes sure. out, you you have a backup. Yeah, and that's one thing that I'm kind of planning for for Flight Fest is you know mm-hmm. what do I want to take with me? What am I going to be needing as extra stuff? And we can go. I, I think we're going to bring. A, a group uh, i i would love you know what i'd love to do pat and we'll we'll run this by mike when he gets What's back that? is um i want to do right before flight fest i want to do uh how is everyone preparing for flight fest and we'll do a big episode on it and we'll bring a bunch of the hosts back yeah that's and, that's a cool idea uh, we'll bring a bunch of the hosts yeah. back and we'll just focus on that for the episode i, I think that's a really cool idea um, oh yeah i like so I kind of want to switch gears a second and uh, move into some of the stuff that you've been tinkering around with um, the uh, the Nerd Nick stuff and maybe some of the other flight test planes that you've done. And oh, yeah. I can see that you've been tinkering around with his uh, P-38, the Lightning. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, So he's been designing that. I guess he's had that, that build thread going for about a year, but I guess in the last couple of months it's really taken off and... It's a. He's been designing the, his own version of the P thirty eight. That's kind of a hybrid of flight test techniques along with some um, some general build techniques. So there's stuff pulling the paper off of and and sanding and laminating to get good, nice, smooth curves. But he's got a he's got a, a, a really neat model with that P thirty eight. And uh, I mean, I, I love the way that thing looks. I've always wanted a P thirty eight, and I wasn't sure if a, a flight test type P thirty eight was going to be scale enough for me with those world war ii planes I, I i really want something that looks the part and it uh and, and his p38 design it really does um i mean he's got a one piece design for the clear canopy with the canopy frame to go over it I, I mean all the details i really didn't add anything to it i just you know painted it all those details are stuff that he's included so it, oh, it's a okay. neat design so it's painted it's not it's yeah. not uh taped or anything oh well no actually what what did it what what i did is uh I use the low temperature covering film from Hobby King, because oh, um, you get okay. it in just about any any color you want. And uh, I've found that because uh, some of some of the mine is not made from Dollar Tree foam because I have I, I didn't have Dollar Tree foam on hand, and I have happened to have a, a model airplane foam when I was building. So not having the paper, I wanted something to get that strength back. So I will use the the, the covering film, 
and uh, and it worked great. Okay. I mean, it's 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 sturdy. It kind of gives that the the strength that the paper gives back to the foam, and uh, no, it, it's worked out well. And it, it it saves you having to uh, to paint. Yeah, so. no, I and looking at the design, it really looks it looks like it's something that you you still bought. So uh, it it, mm-hmm. it really is no, fabulous. It, it is a fantastic looking airplane, and and to you for for the the build into to nick for uh man what a cool design yeah. um yeah. That, what was your impression of building it you know it, it built really uh it, it was a kind of a combination of, of the the old jet set the park jet techniques where you're laminating foam and then sanding to shape and the and the flight test techniques and it's i mean it's really simple it built really really easily um we were doing a beta build so there were a few things that here and there that didn't line up and we were Having to get templates, but but I would imagine with with the final design, it should go together in an afternoon for most people. I mean, it's great. Um, really? Yeah. It, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, you can take as long as you want, go as detailed as you want. But I was I, the thing I was most impressed with was his um, aluminum spar that he uses in his wings, and, and the way that he did the, the actual the outer wing panels on that thing are removable. So if you don't have a lot of space, because it's a fifty four inch span, if you don't have enough space for that, you can pull the outer panels off. And um, and it, it, the way that he did that spar, just you know, a piece of uh, I want to say like one sixteenth or of aluminum uh, spar, you know, cut in the center, you bend it to get your dihedral, and it, it is super sturdy. Yeah. I and mean, I was really impressed with that. And that's just something that so. you buy at Lowe's or something like that. Something really, really easy. Two dollars Lowe's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, you know, is I, this is this like a tubing or or it, a box it's a tubing? Flat, or, it's or, a flat bar, isn't it? Okay. It's I got you. Flat bar. Support it with foam on either side so it can't wiggle around, and it is rock solid. It really is. So. Yeah, awesome. Such a good idea. Um, I, I saw him flying his uh, his some of his speed designs at flight uh, at, at flight fest, and those things are bullets. And, and the, the wings are holding. Oh my up god! Fine. Yeah, so. and I was going to ask yeah. you: Are you is there an intention of building the Mig three then? You know, I actually have one of his MiG three kits, and I, I just haven't gotten around to it. I need, I absolutely want to. Excellent. I, I, I wanted to do it um, at Flight Fest when he was do, leading the the build group this last time. I think that was the MiG three he was building, and uh, and I just I I couldn't be there when he when he was doing that. I think I was volunteering somewhere else. But uh, no, it was. Um, I, I I I can't wait to build it. So. Excellent. Oh, yeah, that awesome. that P thirty nine at Flight Fest was a rocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. I, and his designs, are, he's knocking those out of the park and look forward to oh, speaking yeah. with him uh, on the show too. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, dude, thank you so much for answering all of our questions. I'm sure there's a, a oh, lot more. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so, so people people <laughs> can hit you up uh, on the forum too, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, just uh, the Wilm Racer, or uh, I'm, on, I'm on YouTube. I'm on the forums. Yeah, just hit me up. I'm, I'm happy to chat. Excellent. Absolutely. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm also going to include the uh, two interviews uh, that I took uh, from the Pylon yep. race and the three minute soundbite describing the course uh, that I took from Chris Thomas over at the Multi GP event. So here they are. Well, I'm here with another uh, one of the racers here. And what's your name, sir? Jerry Small. And Jerry is actually well-renowned in this uh, this community right here because he's designed a couple of the uh, airframes that are sitting out here on the line today. Yes, I've uh, 
designed quite a few of them over the years, but it's been a long time. But something, <laughs> something I love to do. So, and guys, remember, whenever you're designing something, it doesn't have to be the foam board stuff. You know, it can be any of these uh, composite airframes, and the particular ones that they're racing out here today are all composite. Um, so. I can see you've got a clipwing Spitfire in front of us here. Uh, was this one of yours as well? Yes, it is. And uh, it is a clipwing Spitfire. It's a Spitfire 24, which was the last of the uh, uh, line of Spitfires uh, before jets came along. So it uh, uh, had a bubble canopy, and stabs were larger, the vertical was larger. The, the uh, wing was a clipwing, uh, but it stayed the wing throughout the war. But they started clipping the tips when they discovered that the airplanes were not rolling with a new airplane that showed up during World War II called the Focke-Wulf. So they said, gee, well, maybe if we just clip the tips, we could, we could roll with them uh, because they were getting beat because they couldn't stay with the Focke-Wulf. So they clipped off the tips thinking, boy, that's going to screw up the aerodynamics. Those wonderful morning tips are supposed to be such a great advantage in, in aerodynamic design. They cut them off. They couldn't tell the airplane flew any different. But it actually picked up a little speed, picked up about five miles an hour. So when we designed the uh, Spitfire, I started out with the uh, pointy tips and cut them off, thinking maybe that was something that was not right in the beginning. Probably didn't gain or hurt anything in the long run. No, absolutely. So when we're talking about the races, because in essence, the races that are part of this particular competition are all based off of uh, real scale flying air aircraft, and you have to fit certain criteria in order for them to qualify flying. What When you're designing an aircraft that's based off of something that's already flown, um, what are some of the design choices that you make in order to keep with the competition rules? Well, one of the, the, there's a handful of rules that we must follow, one of which is a, uh, uh, the square inches of the, the wing. Uh, also, to make them all as equal as we can, the vertical, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, fuselage has to have an X number of square inches, which is 12 and a half. So all the airplanes, even though they look different, in fact, still have a cross-section of 12 and a half square inches. And they have to have a certain height of the canopy area, how, how tall it must be, and it must have that 12 and a half square inches in it. The wings have to be 7 eighths of an inch thick, closest to the fuselage, about 3 inches from the center of the, of the wing. And so, and then the square inches are 400 square inches, so you've got those limitations. Pretty much everything else can be somewhat of, a, uh, of an ad lib to make it look sort of like whatever we're racing. Um, but we do have a committee. We do um, have to take all the new designs that we come up with and, 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 and take it to the committee who in turn decide whether you can build it or not. And uh, then you, you have discussions with them. Well, this particular have, airplane had, had uh, radiators on the bottom, and they're huge. I don't want to build an airplane like that. It wouldn't be competitive with the others. So there's all sorts of negotiations back and forth until the committee says, yeah, we see your point of view, or they don't see your point of view. And then once it's approved, then you can go through the process of, because as you can imagine, there's a quite a bit of, uh, of uh, labor involved to create molds to make a fiberglass fuselage, to make molds to make the horizontal fuselage. The stab, and you've got to have obviously uh, to make molds for the wing. So you've got a lot of effort that has to go into making it to do something of which you won't make a dime on. No, so absolutely. It's, it's, all, it's all made just because we love what we do. We love this hobby. We really 
uh, enjoy it so much that we want to have something different than everybody else. And I'm willing to put that much labor into it, regardless of whether it makes me or not right, in spite of what my wife of 50 years has said. <laughs> oh, trust us, I think all of our wives can attest to the fact that they, they support our hobby, um, but not necessarily see it from our perspective. Uh, <laughs> I've been with my wife for a year, and I've gotten into the hobby in the last year, so I can completely empathize with that sentiment, and we've only been married the year. Um, so the um, how many designs had you put through to the committee before um, before you you've had that approval? Well, nearly always, because I know the rules well enough to know that what I give them will be approved for the most part. There may be some arguments over something, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I know ahead of time what will be approved. And I've probably designed these type racing airplanes for more than 30 years and closer to 40 years. So during that time, I've designed a lot of the airplanes that, that are used here. Uh, I would say probably I've designed of this particular type at least 15, 16 different airplanes. Amazing. So, shows how stupid I am. And so, with that being said, if, if the, the idea of the competition is to have very, very similar specifications, then the design, is that more for like the look and feel in the air, or is it for handling as well? <coughs> pretty much they'll all, with that number of square inches, that thick of wing, they will pretty much all do uh, uh, well enough to win the contest. So having, a, say, a Spitfire in this particular case, um, doesn't mean that I have any advantages over the, any of the others, other than I just think it looks cool. So <laughs> most of what you do is more for for what you think is cool, uh, but all of these airplanes can go just as fast as the rest of them. There's very little difference in any of them. Airfoil-wise, uh, one time we tested about three different airfoils, totally different type airfoils, various cambers, symmetricals, and, and, and when the day was done, they were all the same. Unbelievable. Under a radar gun, they were all the same. Absolutely incredible. And with that being said then, if, if it's just for look and feel and personal preference and at that point, um, is there a, a lot of pilots that will kind of vary up the different air, aircraft? Do they tend to stick with, like, oh, for example, they, the Mustangs or the Spitz? No, they, they, they do a lot of, 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 they will, some airplanes, they say, well, it just seems to feel better, or races better for me, feels better, flies better and they'll stick with that one design. But then some others just switch around and, and, and they will make the airplane fly to their feelings so, or their, 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 uh, their needs. They, they can do that. They're capable of making air, trimming it in such a way that it will fly to suit them. And for electronics choice, um, because obviously we're running nitro on these, um, when you're choosing the electronics, especially servos and latency and that kind of thing, what what do you look for for those type of choices in the airframes? Who will give it to me free? <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. No, we, we, we pretty well know that, that the two major brands, Futaba and, and JR and Spectrum, uh, will do what we want it to do. So it just becomes a, a personal preference of kind of what you got started with. And uh, so they'll, here again, they'll all do the same thing. So the radio, and this is a, is a JR uh, with JR servos. Uh, the transmitter, though, is a Spectrum. Uh, but since these radios have so come so incredibly 
consistent and reliable, uh, none of which is any better than anything else. No. So you can't say, gee, I'm running this, <laughs> so I'm therefore going to go faster or do better. Mm-hmm. And now are you running analog or digital servos on these? They're all digital, so everyone will be running digital. Everyone's running digital, and that's just because you want that crisp yes. feel on the server. You need it to be locked need, in at 200, yeah, right, at 200 miles an hour. Now, uh, I, I've asked this a couple of times um, from a couple of different guys. The motor setup that you have, it's a 0.4 um, motor on the front. Yes. And what is the RPM that's running on that? Well, uh, the, the ground RPM uh, that we, we test when we're on the ground uh, may be in the neighborhood of 26,000. In the air, some people have done the, the in-air uh, uh, stuff that would tell them what the RPM in the air would be. With these particular propellers, I would imagine the 29,000 range Amazing. is what we what we come up with. Absolutely amazing. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with you, sir. Thank you so much. I enjoyed your company. Thank you very much. <laughs> there it goes. And uh, I'm here with, what was your name, sir? Barry Reed. And Barry, uh, your plane is a little different from some of the ones here. A lot of them are based on um, a tail and elevates configuration, but you have a V-tail set up on yours. It's called the Sweet V. It's one of Tom Scott's airplanes from CMAD Racing, China-made, American-designed, and it has been a very popular airframe in quarter midget racing. It's uh, been very successful in years past. It's a very stable airplane, and when you're racing, stability is very, very important. And most guys have had one at one time or another, but comma, they tend to move on to something else, whatever seems to be the stylish one for the day and everything. <laughs> this particular airframe has probably got 350 flights on it Amazing. and everything. I bought it used from another guy who bought it used and everything, but it is a, just, a, and I'm flying it this weekend. I've got a lighter airplane I can fly, but the wind's supposed to be coming up and the heavier airplanes will handle the wind better than the lighter airplanes. So I decided I'd fly the old Sweet V instead of my new airplane. Well, there you go. It, it's an absolutely gorgeous uh, plane. Uh, again, it, it, it's the VTEL configuration. Does that? Do you see that making a big difference in the air versus the standard tail configuration, or is that more your personal preference? It just. I like the airplane, you know. Uh, there's other guys. There's only a few of them out here. There's probably five or six guys that are flying the Sweet V, and everybody else has conventional tail feathers, you know. So it's half one, you know. And it and in this racing, it's what you you got to fly something that you like. You can't. It's just like golf. If you have a set of golf clubs and you don't like them, you're not going to play good golf. And same thing here. So that's the way it is. Absolutely. No, it makes total sense. And with with this particular design, I, I can also see that it, it has the rounded wingtips versus the swept wingtip as well. When when you're in the race, does that... And also, like for example, there's also like... The cut wing Spitfires and the Mustangs, which have that straight wing. Do you see that making a difference in the way it flies too? No, no. It's just the design. Now most of the now these planes are all what's called composite airplanes. They're made in a mold 
and they're very consistent, and they get it down pat. They, they fly it and fly it. When they got an airframe they want to put in, molds aren't expensive. Molds will run several thousands or tens of thousands of dollars if you have them made out of aluminum and, and CNC milled. So it's, it's, uh, this is just a proven wing, and that's called an elliptical wingtip airfoil. And it's uh, a very popular uh, wing. You'll see a lot of airplanes. But it's, it's no better, no worse than anything else. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Appreciate it. So I'm standing here in the multi-GP pilot's tent. They're getting ready to set up the championship races. It's going to be heats of eight around the course that was described earlier. We're going to try and get with Chris to explain uh, what it took to get this thing together. Uh, they're flying another race uh, here in Las Vegas here shortly as well. Um, minutes ago, I did just speak with um, Bob Brown, president of the AMA. So some interesting stuff going on with the AMA. And we were briefly talking about the Oshkosh show uh, in California. So we'll get more information out to you guys as it comes through. But uh, some really exciting stuff coming through the hobby and having the opportunity to see both the pylon race earlier and the multi-road races put out by multi-GP. Really get a great sense of where this hobby is headed. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to see where it goes. But uh, we'll, we'll get a couple other pilots post-race and see what we can get.
which is going to be a lot of fun in the wind. So you're going to go through a vertical ramp, and then you come back down and back through this tunnel. So you got to realize that there is going to be traffic, head-on traffic at this point. So when you're approaching, you need to be cognizant. If you're in second or third, there may be somebody screaming underneath this tunnel. As you come out of here, back to the atmospheric adventures and back to the course. And awesome. they, guys, uh, that pylon race was the coolest experience I have ever been to. Um, you know, you talk wow. about some of these more, these more like competition style events. Have you guys ever been to one uh, an event like that before? Yeah, we, we uh, our club runs pylon races with stock Trojans, so I mean it's more of a, a fun thing, but it's nothing like what you what what you were just showing there. Those things are ten times as fast. Uh, yeah, 200 miles an hour. Um, 200 miles. Uh, I, oh my goodness. I also witnessed a motor blow up at 200 miles an hour. <laughs> uh, the carnage that that took out was just unbelievable. <laughs> Everybody Believe needs it. to see that. Oh. I, I'd love I wish, to see that. I wish I was. You know, the annoying part about that is I was recording in slow mo after the fact and before the fact, not during. Oh, but not during. Yeah, so irritating. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I would have loved to have gotten that in slow mo, but uh, oh, oh sure. What, what can you do? But I'll include. Uh, I, I I think I was telling the guys beforehand. I, I got a selfie stick. I, I copied Fred. Sorry, <laughs> Fred. So I'll be adding some video content as well uh, with some of the uh, stuff that I was able to capture. Um, so uh, do you? Are you on Twitter? Or are you on the Facebook there, Carl? I'm, I'm on the Facebook, uh, just uh, you know, Carl Attic on Facebook. Uh, I'm not on Twitter or uh, Instagram or anything like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, on any of the forums, if you see somebody named Wilm Racer or on Reddit, it, it's definitely me. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just just hit me up. So. Excellent, Pat. How about you? You on the socials? Yes, sir. I I do the Facebook, as we say. Uh, um. I'm not really into. I have Instagram. Uh, I don't even look at Twitter, but I don't really look at Instagram very much. One, one, one social media outlet is enough for me to to keep up with and keep me distracted. Oh, so I don't need a whole bunch of them. It's good word. It doesn't take much. <laughs> everything. In fact, while while we were sitting here talking, hey, hey Carl, I I don't know if you've ever tried this or. But I had the idea, I think it was either last night laying in bed or maybe it was in a shower this morning, to, to take a, a sheet of Dollar Tree foam board and peel the paper off and then just roll it as flat as I can get it uh, huh. for for skinning an airplane. Because I have this B-25 build that I've been working on for, for about yeah. a year now. <laughs> and, and, and I got to say, uh, you know, I just took a small portion of it. But the way the you know how the foam board has grain, so it tends to to want to curve in a certain direction. Sure. Oh my gosh, I I could take that and I could roll it up into a tight, like screw. Wow. Without it cracking ah, after doing awesome. that. Awesome. Interesting. So, speaking of being distracted, that's that's how I kept myself. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Last night it was sanding. Today. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy, while we're, while we're trying to calibrate the equipment, <laughs> last night. This fool over here thought that it was a bright idea. <laughs> he's sitting there with a sanding block and a piece of foam. And he's sitting there, scratch, 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 scratch. What are you guys saying? Scratch, 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 scratch. 
Pat, sorry, you abuse me, dude. <laughs> well, we are gonna have so I, much I fun. I abuse some, annoy others. We're gonna have so much fun <laughs> at Flight Fest. It's gonna be a blast. But uh, oh, I can't wait. <sighs> but yeah, no, Cannot you wait. guys can find me uh, on uh, on the Facebook, uh, Joel Cannon. Uh, you can find me on the Instagram. Uh, I am Joel Z Mole M O L E fourteen. Uh, you can find me on the uh, the Twitter at jcannon614. Or if you want to follow my RC channel, it's fly underscore J-A-C-R-C. Uh, we're also, uh, for the podcast, we're on Facebook at the Flight Test Community Podcast. Um, we actively post in the, uh, in the Facebook for the Flight Test fans. So if you... Check that out. You'll find us on there. We're also on the Twitter at FTCCRC and the Instagram at FTCCRC. So we are all over the place, guys. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, hit us up with questions, comments. If, you, if you've got criticisms, lay it on us, man. Make it constructive. Yes, um, not We're sensitive people. Yeah. But hey, um, hey, we've had great <laughs> reviews so far. Please keep liking us on iTunes, subscribing. Uh, we're at 3,000 listeners, guys. I'm super excited. Indeed. Well, thank yeah. you guys for listening. Carl, thank you for being our guest. Mike, we missed My you, pleasure. buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Mike. Hope you make it to Boston safely, bro. Yeah. With yeah, absolutely. Hey, Carl, you've been a great host. Thank you so much for joining oh, us. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you guys for so much for having me. This has been fantastic. Love wait. what you're doing with the show. Well, can't wait to have you on no, again. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, anytime. Absolutely. Lots of Anytime at all. lots of content to pick out of your brain, bro. Oh yeah, there's, oh. there's more questions where ours left off. So, well, we're, we're gonna sign off for the night. But you guys, uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.